Welcome to the Prepped and Polished podcast, the podcast that empowers you to take control of your education, featuring weekly interviews with influencers in the world of education, as well as tutoring tips, lessons, and updates. And now, here's your host. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another tutoring tips episode of the Prepped and Polished podcast. This is Aaron of Prepped and Polished. Please be sure to check out our website, www.preppedandpolished.com. For tutoring in person or online, call us at 781-753-9951 or chat with us instantly on our website. You can also join the Prepped and Polished community on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Prepped and Polished. If you have a question after the show, please ask us a question on the chat feature on our website. We love hearing from you. Now, let's get right into episode number 252, how students taking the ACT with extra time accommodation can use their time wisely. Hello everyone, this is Aaron from Prepped and Polished, and today we're going to be talking about students who are taking the ACT, who are taking or have extra time accommodations, and how they can use their time effectively on the test. Now there are a couple of different strategies that we're going to be talking about today, and the first of which we're going to be talking about are overall strategies for the test. Now the ACT is notorious for a much more faster paced test, so having extra time it's really a benefit for those students who especially need it. When we look at the extra time accommodations on the ACT, sometimes those can range in amount of time given. Some students will have 50% time, some students will have 100% time or double time on the test. For right now, we're going to be discussing just time and a half or 50% more time on the test. Now, if we're taking the test with 50% more time, one of the main things we want to focus in on for students is how we can keep pacing and stamina at a high level. Now, if there are a lot of questions on any one section of the test, and we have a significant amount of time for those questions, we want to make sure that the student has enough energy to get through the section and then do <laughs> two, three more sections after that, depending on where you are, but also that they have and are giving enough time for those questions. So a lot of times when we work with students, we want to get their pacing down to pretty much a science for each section of the test. And then once we get it for each section of the test, the next priority is to make sure overarching from one section to the next, that they have that energy to push through the entirety of the test. Now, yes, with timing accommodations, such as time and a half or double time, we do have instances of more breaks allotted for each student depending on the section and depending on the test. So we want to make use of those breaks as often as possible. And if the student has unlimited breaks, we want to make note of that so we can make sure that they take it at strategic moments on the test. Another thing to keep in mind is question prioritization. Now for the most part on the ACT, every single question is going to be ranging in difficulty, save for the math section. So we want to think about what questions are going to need more time and how we can allocate time for those questions, but also prioritize those easier questions when we're able to recognize this. Now, some students might have particulars. They might be more accomplished within terms of punctuation rules or grammar rules, and they struggle with rhetoric, for example, with English or on the math section. They thoroughly enjoy geometry, but not so much algebra. So if we can prioritize certain questions that for them are easier, and or give time to those more quantity questions, that's gonna help them overall use their time to their benefit. And one final overall strategy is just, if you have the time, please try and review. However much review you can do is better than no review, as I like to look at it. Even if it's just going back over a question, double checking, I chose this, why? And if the student can explain 
this is why I chose it, that's great. But we want to make sure that they can at least allocate time to do that. Looking at each section of the ACT, the important thing to keep in mind is how much time you have for each one. And then based on that timing, what works best for each individual student? For today's purposes, we're going to be talking more general strategies for each section, though when we're working one-on-one -on -one with students, we'll be taking some of these strategies and manipulating them that, to work best for the student. So the first section that we're going to be looking at here is the English section. Now, standard time is 45 minutes, and how the ACT changes this to time and a half is they round it all the way up to 70 minutes for the section. Now, that's great, considering that we have five passages, which comes out to be about 13 minutes per passage. 13 minutes per passage might not seem like a lot when each passage has 15 questions, but considering that it was at nine minutes standard time, an extra, you know, all the way up to 13 minutes is pretty darn good. Now, the more important thing here for the English section is we do have more time to spend on those kind of reading contextual evidence questions or rhetoric-based questions that take up a little bit more of a student's time to answer. Now, these questions are sometimes going to be the, should the author add this sentence here? Should the author delete this here? The author was trying to write an example that best fits the previous one, which choice best accomplishes that purpose, or sometimes even sentence order questions. As one can imagine, these types of questions take up a little bit more time because you need to look at the context, the paragraph that the question's coming from. So it's important for a student to have that time to look over it. Another thing that we can use this um, extra time for is making you know, subtle changes in punctuation questions. So how can we see those changes shifting, marking those subtle changes, seeing those changes from one answer to the next? Ah, this one has a comma, mark it. Okay, this one doesn't have a comma still mark it. Having that time to really spend toward, hey, I need to double check what exactly is changing for this section, that alone can sometimes make it a lot easier for a student to get through it. And this also goes beyond the scope of just punctuation, but also grammar questions. So noticing that the punctuation hasn't changed, but the wording is changing. Okay, well, what is important about the words? Or noticing that all my answer choices are verbs, but they're all changing in tense. The agreement is the same, but the tense is changing. Having a few extra seconds, or in this case, minutes over the course of the passage, to double check that is gonna be really helpful. And overall review practice for the English section will be really beneficial for students who aren't 100% confident or might be in between one or two answers. As for the math section of the ACT, this one is actually very straightforward. It's our standard time 60 minutes, so time and a half bumps it up to 90 minutes. And this is where we're going to have to have a couple of potential routes for a student to work on, considering that it depends on their ability level what they should be prioritizing for themselves. Before, as I said, um, overall strategies talking about time allocation and question prioritization, the math section is most evident with that since there are no passages, it's all questions, um, individual questions, sometimes there's a group of questions, but for most students, we want to focus on spending as much time on those first 30 to 45 questions to ensure what I call the quote unquote easier questions are correct. The reason why I quote this is simply because what's easier for one student might not necessarily be easier for another. However, it is noted that the first 30 to sometimes 40 questions are on the more foundational elements of certain topics in math, such as linear equations, systems of equations, uh, basics in geometry, um, starting points in trigonometry. 
or even logarithms and exponent rules. So it's a priority for the student to be able to answer as many of those questions as possible correct, considering the harder questions are going to make it much more difficult to answer simply based on the fact of their difficulty. There's two routes we can go this way. One is to give more time for the bulk of the questions, aka if a student is aiming for those first 40 to 45 questions correct, we want to take those 90 minutes and apply as much time to it as possible. Such as if you're trying to answer the first 45 questions in let's say 60 or 70 minutes, so that a student can ensure all those correct, that might be one route for the student. Another route would be to answer as many of the easier questions as possible in as little time as possible to then allocate more time for the harder tier questions. Now the harder tier questions can range in terms of difficulty, in terms of content, but also in terms of time consumption. There are some questions that take up the time to answer. It's not that it's difficult, it's just that it is a laborious process. So it's good for students to at least be prepared for either scenario depending on how the test comes up. I've worked with students before who we have decided we're going to spend a bulk of our time on the first 30 to 45 questions, and I have a student who goes through the first 35 and takes only 35 minutes. Um, that's a great thing, assuming that those first 35 are fully correct, but now we look at 35 minutes from the 90, okay, we have plenty of time for the next 25 questions to really spend time to go through them and break them down as much as possible. Another thing to be thinking about for the math section is that there are five answers in this section as opposed to the others. So process of elimination is really important. So utilizing that time, extra time to eliminate answers, you know, breaking down from 20% right or 20% chance of getting it correct to 25 to 33 to 50% chance of getting it correct just by eliminating answers, that's going to help the student overall. And a lot of times when we're looking at the math section, it's important to keep that in mind because it is a lengthier section. It's 90 minutes. Now at this point, when you're at the math section standard time, this is where you have your first break. Now because we are dealing with time and a half, you're more than likely going to have one, if not two breaks by the end of the math section. So you might have one during English and another during math and then another after math. It's going to depend on the accommodations and the proctor. So it'd be good for each student to double check with their school or the proctor when they are allowed to take their time. If they have uh, multiple breaks or unlimited breaks, that's also something we can anticipate in terms of fitting in either in between English passages or partway through the math section. Now looking into the reading section, we go from 35 minutes, which is a very short amount of time for four passages and 40 questions, to now 55 minutes, which is just shy of an hour. Now this makes it really great to have more time to read the passage. Usually when I'm working with students on dealing with this section of the test standard time, 35 minutes is not that much time per passage. But 55 minutes, you have roughly 13 and a half minutes per passage. So we want to make sure how much time of that do we need to read the passage to understand it versus how much time do we need for questions. Now, if a student is still a fast reader and can retain that information, we might be able to shimmy that time more over to the questions so that they have more time to answer the questions and feel comfortable with those. Process of elimination, detailing where the evidence is coming from, all that can be very helpful if they have the time. So we want to try and find that healthy balance between how much time we are reading versus how much time we are answering those questions. 
Now for the science section, it's a very similar uh, setup to the reading section because science section is pretty much reading but with more visual uh, representation of information and data. So that visual representation, those charts and tables, you're going to have more time to review each chart and or table more thoroughly, noting the different axes, noting the pa uh, patterns that are established either in the graph or in the table. It will also help us to note the differences in terms of the studies, the experiments, and or the opinions of scientists or students, but also in the setup of those experiments and studies. So this is really helpful for us to kind of make those distinctions while going through this section, because normally, again, you only have 35 minutes standard time, but in this science section, you have 55 minutes. So an extra 20 minutes to kind of look through those subtle differences between each experiment, between each study is really going to help. It will also work well for a student to mark up the questions more and know where that info is coming from. Most questions on the science section of the ACT, either in the question itself or in the answers, will indicate where this information is coming from. And if it doesn't, it's more than likely showing up in the paragraphs, either introducing the topic or each experiment. So having a little bit of extra time to look over where it's coming from, that's going to help them eliminate answer choices wherever possible. Now, the last section that we're going to be talking about is the essay. Now, the essay is an optional part of the ACT still. And what we want to look at here is instead of having a very limited time with the essay, we now have more time for the three main points of any kind of essay. Outlining, revising, and examples. Now, most times when we talk with students, it's very hard to fit in that second one, revising or revisions that we can put into the, um, into the essay. However, with a little bit extra time, you might be able to have a student review parts of it so that way at least they can check for comprehension and flow. Outlining though, if you have more time to outline, it sometimes negates the need to go over revisions because if you have a more fully fleshed out outline, it will show and represent itself in the essay. However, we do want to make sure that we're not using up too much time to outline and doubling up the amount of time taken to write the same thing. Now in terms of the examples and or details, if you have more time, it allows you to take more time to go into more depth on certain examples or provide another example where applicable. So every student should try and work in how much time they have for that instead of normally if they had less time, what that would look like. Now the final part that we're going to be talking about here is double time. If we are looking at double time for the ACT, each section is, as you can imagine, doubled in length. So English is standard 45, it becomes 90. Math 60 becomes 120. Reading and science, both at 35, becomes 70. Now with this double time scenario, there's going to be a couple of individual situations for each student that we have to consider. First of all, most students who are taking the test double time, or I've had one or two take it triple time, will not sit the test in one day. So this is going to be actually a very important thing to determine right off the bat is how many days are allotted for the student to take the test. If the student is allowed two days, such as Saturday and Sunday for the test, more than likely what they will be doing is taking the English in one, and English and math in one sitting and the reading and science in the next. If they are taking the essay, that might have to be squeezed in to the reading and science section on day two, or they might have a third day for the essay. That's something to figure out with your proctor and also determine what um, the ACT gives in terms of their accommodation uh, 
requirements and rules. Now, if you have double time for any one of these sections, pretty much anything that I suggested before about having more time to go over stuff is reiterated. And what I'll say is you have now even more time to review. But if you're given double time, there's a reason for that. And so we want to make sure that we are not trying to spend too much time on material that the student might be able to get through with a certain amount of time. So for example, if we have now 120 minutes, two hours for the math section, does that mean every single question requires two minutes to now answer? Not necessarily. Should we still prioritize quantity of questions over specific questions? Of course. So if we need 90 minutes now, let's say, for the first 40 or 45 questions, okay, we'll work that into the program. That would enable then the student to have an extra 30 minutes for the last 15 questions. However, if the student might need even more time for the you know, bulk of the questions, we want to try and figure out what's best for the student based on what they are capable of. But if we are given double time, we just want to consider how we want to use that double time and how we can allocate time for review for each section and or what I call micro breaks during the session or the, during the section. If a student is going <laughs> for two hours, they'll need a break partway through. Um, so that's important to figure out and determine with your tutor. So that way we can kind of figure out what is the best route for the student. Now I've gone over a lot of different aspects of <laughs> the ACT in terms of time and a half and double time. And if you have any further questions, please feel free to reach out to us at Prepped and Polished to schedule either um, a call or if you have any questions, we'd be happy to answer them specifically uh, about timing accommodations depending on your students' requirements and needs, as well as any um, additional timing accommodations or accommodations as a whole for the test. We are here to help in any way that we can, so please feel free to reach out to us. And thank you so much today for listening to a conversation about having more time on a test. Um, and if you have any questions, again, please feel free to reach out to us. Thanks so much. This wraps up our show, episode number 252, how students taking the ACT with extra time accommodation can use their time wisely. Be on the lookout for our next podcast, episode number 253. Thanks again for joining us today on the Prep and Polish podcast. Now go out there and take control of your education. You've been listening to the Prepped and Polished podcast. For more information, check out PreppedAndPolished.com. Also, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening. Class dismissed.